Recipe for Terror, by Eve Chuttleson. Romanda had been working at Moira's Diner for nearly 8 years and really enjoyed her job. Moira's Diner was a cozy spot for the locals of Nidville where they could gather, meet friends, and have a really good home cooked meal with great coffee. The interior was very inviting, with warm cherry woodwork and schoolhouse pendulum lights that lined the main path between the counter stills and the booths. Each booth had a quaint table lamp along with a shiny napkin dispenser and salt and pepper shakers. Business was brisk and Romanda enjoyed the generous tips from her customers. Romanda lived just a few streets over, and often walked to work. She didn't really need to work, as she had inherited her aunt Velda's house after she moved to Italy with her sister Vonda. Romanda was also a very successful interior decorator, but enjoyed working at the diner because she could catch up with all the local gossip. Moira, who had opened the diner nearly 40 years ago with her cousin Lonian, kept herself busy in the kitchen whipping up one tasty home-cooked meal after another. Her specialties included bright cake, poached eggs with bacon and wheat sauce, pinched cookies, and her famous tipsy cove catch. Moira also baked fresh pastries and danish each morning for friends and customers. Moira's cousin Lonian ran the register and waited on the customers at the counter. There were a few other employees, but for the most part, Moira, Romanda and Lonian kept the place running with smiles, grins and lots of laughter. Autumn was in full swing and the leaves made their trek from treetop to street. Night came early and the air was brisk as the three friends bid farewell to their last guest at the diner. Moira had the next day's pastries prepared. All the dishes were cleaned and ready, and the pots and pans were sparkling. Lonian had left to make the bank deposit and Romanda had finished cleaning all of the tables and counters. She was just about to sweep the floors when she heard a mysterious crash from the diner basement. Moira also heard the crash and yelled for Romanda. The two met in the kitchen and decided to investigate the loud noise. Romanda brought her flashlight and they navigated the steep basement stairs into the brightly lit storage room. Checkerboard floor tiles made the space seem larger and the industrial shelves were neatly organized with canned goods and ingredients. It was like a small grocery store, as everything needed to be on hand for the daily home cooking. Romanda quickly spotted where the loud crash came from. It appeared that a large jar of pickles had toppled onto the floor from one of the lower shelves. It hadn't broken, but it made quite a racket. Moira checked the large jar to make sure it hadn't cracked, and placed it securely back on the lower shelf. It was then that she noticed a very small control panel near the bottom of the back wall. In the 40 years she had owned the diner, she never noticed this complicated electronic control panel. Romanda looked at the control panel closely and noticed that it had been hidden by a tile that seemed to have fallen off the wall. It looked like the glue had just dried up and it fell off, revealing the mysterious panel. The panel had several round buttons that glowed with different colored lights. There was also a small display that flashed various messages in foreign languages. Romanda and Moira quickly hurried into the basement office and looked for the blueprints of the diner when Lonian returned from the bank. Lonian turned the key to the diner, entered and locked the door behind her. The lights were still on, so she called for Moira and Romanda, with no response from the girls. Lonian ventured into the kitchen where she saw the basement door open and the lights on. She carefully descended the basement stairs and admired all of the neatly organized shelves of ingredients when she too noticed the small electronic control panel on the wall. Lonian carefully read the control panel and immediately understood its instructions as she could read French. 
The instructions explained that if all the lights were green, then the hidden door would open. Lonian quickly began pressing the buttons. Each time she pressed a button, the panel beeped and the buttons changed colors. Romanda and Moira heard the beeps and raced to the panel. Lonian, what are you doing? Moira screamed. The panel said that if all the buttons were lit green, a secret door would open. Lonian responded. Lonian sprung to her feet and quickly looked at the blueprints with Romanda and Moira. From what they could gather, there was indeed a secret room hidden behind the office. The three girls quickly raced to the office and peeked behind the wall-sized map of Nidville and discovered what appeared to be a moving panel. Moira pressed on it, but it seemed as solid as concrete. Here, let me look at it. Romanda chirped. Romanda looked through her bifocals and saw that there indeed was a tiny sliver of light emitting from behind the panel. Let's try to crack the code, Lonian suggested as she returned to the mysterious panel. We might as well, Moira quipped. It's Friday night and the mall is closed for remodeling. So what else are we going to do? Romanda then noticed that some of the cans of tomatoes had been rearranged. As she picked two of the cans up, she saw a small piece of paper with a code on it. It looked like a drawing of the mysterious panel, and each of the round buttons had a number on it. There were five circles, like the five buttons on the mysterious panel. The first circle had a two in it, then a five, eight, three and seven. Romanda quickly showed it to Lonian and Moira. What if we pressed each button the number of times shown in each circle? Lonian peppered. Lonian was an avid puzzle worker, and thought that this might be the clue. Moira carefully looked at the code on the paper then took Lonian's tip and began pressing the buttons on the mysterious panel. After each sequence was pressed, the corresponding button turned green. At the last button, Moira pressed it seven times, and it turned red and the panel let out a loud beep. Hum, I wonder what I did incorrectly. Moira peeped. Romanda carefully studied the code once again noticed that there was a smudge of dried cooker batter on the note. It was on the last button. The 7 was actually a 1. Moira once again entered in the code onto the mysterious panel. On the last button, she pressed it just once. All the lights on the buttons turned green and the display said Avery. Then a subtle rumbling could be heard coming from the office. The three girls quickly raced into the back office and carefully removed the large map of Nidville. Immediately they saw that a hidden panel had slid open to reveal a dimly lit hallway. The hallway looked as if it were left over from an old mine shaft with large wooden beams as supports. There were unusually modern looking light fixtures placed at intervals along the hallway providing an airy blue glow. There was a distinct scent of lilacs emanating from the passage, and there was no end in sight. What have we stumbled upon? Moira gasped. I don't know, but do you think we should check it out? Romanda whispered. I made sure the door was locked upstairs before I came into the basement. Let me go check to see if the closed sign is in the window. Lonian chirped. While Lonian was checking on the sign, Moira quickly rummaged through the desk for a few flashlights. Romanda made sure that her cellular telephone had a complete charge, and also put her Polaroid camera around her neck. Lonian checked to make sure the closed sign was lit, grabbed a pack of gum and quickly bolted down the stairs. Romanda and Moira were waiting for her with their flashlights lit. Cautiously the girls ventured into the mysterious hallway. Once inside, the secret panel slid closed and locked. Uh oh, we're in for a real treat. Moira whispered as the mysteriously glowing blue lights dimmed and went out. The small flashlights only illuminated enough for the girls to see a few feet ahead. 
Slowly they crept down the long and narrow hallway, their shoes leaving footprints on the dusty wooden floor. Suddenly, the mysterious blue lights began to flicker in an ominous sequence. With each flicker of the lights, the girls could see deeper into the hallway, and noticed that it began to slope downward and turn to the right. The lights began blinking in a directional pattern now, much like those on an airport runway, leading the girls along a twisting and turning path. Moira, who was snuggling the wall to avoid falling, snagged her apron on one of the wooden beams. Yikes, I think I just tore my apron, she yelped. Romanda then commented on how beautiful the scent of lilacs was when she disappeared in a mysterious trapdoor. Moira and Lonian shrieked in fright, as they couldn't see where the trapdoor was. They could hear Romanda shouting for assistance, then nothing. Lonian tried calling Romanda's cellular telephone, but there was no signal. Moira suggested that they keep going, and maybe they would find Romanda at the end of the hallway. After cautiously walking through what seemed like miles of dimly lit hallway, Lonian saw another mysterious control panel. This panel was similar to the one in the storeroom, yet there were no clues on how to press the buttons. Moira collapsed against the wall in defeat and all of the lights went out. As fate would have it, their flashlights went out at the same moment. The control panel remained lit, providing some comfort in the darkness. Lonian quickly began pressing buttons and the lights on the panel began changing colors. Suddenly, a loud knocking came from the other side of the hallway. Could it be Romanda, or something far more sinister? Moira began calling for Romanda, and at first they could hear nothing. Then the knocking became more organized, as if it was some kind of code. Three taps, then two, then eight, then seven. Hum, Lonian whispered, I wonder if that could be the code to the panel quickly and quietly. Lonian entered the sequence on the control panel buttons. This time the buttons all lit blue and the mysterious blue lights came back on. In addition, another mysterious panel slid open, and Romanda dashed out of the dock and opening. Thank goodness you could figure out my knocking. You're not going to believe what's in here. Romanda shouted. Once I fell through the trapdoor, I landed in a large pile of hay. The room was very dark, but I could see a dimly lit staircase. I ran up it, and found myself in a hallway like the other, but lit by green lights. I followed it, and it led me to an old abandoned diner underground. She continued. I don't believe you Romanda. Lonian squealed. Show us this diner underground. Moira suggested. Follow me. Romanda yelled as she navigated the dimly lit green hallway. Once the three girls got to the end, they saw a large... Brightly lit storefront and a flashing near sign that read Tabby's Diner. Who is Tabby? Moira screeched as they entered the diner and saw that the place was immaculate. The stainless steel behind the counter gleamed with a shine that rivaled brand new. The counter was very lengthy, with stools to seat nearly 100 guests. Bright blue and red near glowed above the cooking area, and all of the utensils were clean and arranged neatly. There was a green and black checkerboard tile floor and the booths were cushioned with a dark green leather. The bright illumination was provided by no less than 40 Art Deco styled hanging fixtures, each containing four light bulbs. The 40 booths that lined the opposite side of the diner each had complete silverware and menus placed on each table. Upbeat big band music could be heard from the near laced jukebox at the end of the diner. On one end of the long counter was a cake plate with a freshly baked lemon lace cake and a domed platter filled with fresh cookies. What is this place? An astonished Lonian whispered. 
The girls cautiously moved into the kitchen area behind the counter toward a doorway leading to another room. The room was dark and cold, and Ramonda ran her hand along the wall looking for a light switch. Here it is, she exclaimed as she flipped the switch. A large bank of lights lit up from above revealing a room lined with large stainless steel refrigerators. There were also many shelves along the wall with neatly organized canned goods. Lonian looked at some of the cans and they were all dated recently, and the labels were all in French. Moira opened several of the refrigerators only to find them stocked with the freshest of ingredients from all over Europe. Fine cremes, butters, imported cheeses and fresh meats. This is amazing. Moira whispered. Suddenly a cold gust of air whisked over the girls. Taking that as their cue to leave, the girls ran back into the diner area. There were windows next to the row of booths, but it was too dark to see out of them. Something has to be outside of here, other than that darkened hallway. Lonian yelled. Moira spotted an exit next to the jukebox, and the girls decided it probably best for them to venture out of the diner. As the girls left through the door next to the jukebox, they quickly descended three stairs and ended up on a sidewalk in a dimly lit underground city street. Amazingly, the street was lined with large oak trees and gas lamp posts. There were houses with large lawns and sidewalks on each side of the street. Some of the house, which all seemed as if they were from another era, had lights on in their windows. There was a large lamp post with a clock on it a few feet down from the diner. The outside of the diner was very sleek and modern, yet also had the feel of being from another time. Had the girls entered a time warp, Moira quickly ran to the clock and saw that it read 4.30. It must be 4.30 in the morning since it is so dark, she thought to herself. The three girls continued along the dimly lit sidewalk until they arrived at what appeared to be a large escalator. There's no way to go but up, Lonian shouted. Romanda noticed a sign that said return to top level placed close to the escalator. The girls got onto the escalator and it ascended for quite a long time. There appeared to be a light up ahead, but it was far in the distance. Suddenly the escalator began moving more rapidly, and the girls had to hang onto the railings to avoid falling. The light got brighter and brighter, and an exit seemed to be getting closer. As the escalator slowed down, the girls arrived in a very brightly lit lounge area. There were large, deeply plush, red couches and chairs and rich, mahogany paneled walls. Where are we now? Moira gasped. There were stained glass windows that afforded no view to the outside, and one ornate door which appeared to be an exit. The girls cautiously approached the exit and Moira tried the doorknob. With a little force, it opened. The girls exited into what appeared to be the Nidville Cemetery. The door immediately slammed behind them, and the light in the building went out. They had just exited a mausoleum, chilled to the bone with fright, and since the weather had turned frightfully cold, the girls ran in the direction of Moira's diner. They found the place locked up, just as Lonian had left it. Moira opened the door and they went in. The clock read 11 o'clock. We just closed at 10 o'clock. How could all of that take place in an hour? Romanda quaked. Moira locked the door behind them and they all proceeded to the basement stock room. The mysterious panel was still there, but was now blinking different colors. In the office, the map of Nidville had been returned to the wall. The girls peered behind it and saw that the hidden panel had indeed closed, but was still slightly detectable. Romanda looked on the desk and noticed a mysterious note. Next time, stop and have something to eat. Love, Tabby. 
the note read. The girls collectively let out a shriek, and raced out of the office and storeroom and up the stairs. They all bid each other goodnight, and headed up after locking up. 4 o'clock in the morning comes by quicker than you think. Romanda chuckled, as Lonian walked briskly to her car. She caught her scarf on a stop sign and it tore her wig off and caused her glasses to fall to the sidewalk. Her glasses hit the sidewalk and shattered and her wig and scarf blew away in a sudden gust of wind. Heavens she shrieked as she broke her heel on one of her shoes. Wobbling on one heel, she brushed up against the brick building next to her and snagged her $100 pantyhose then accidentally spilled her purse into the storm drain. Wow. She yelled as her high fashion shawl got caught on a nail and was torn to shreds. Fortunately for Onion, she had her keys in her hand and was able to squint to find her car in the parking lot. Once inside the car. Lonian discovered that she was nearly out of gas and would have to go to Bernice's all-night gas station to fill up for her 100-mile drive back home. As her car shuddered and putt-putted into the gas station, Lonian realized that her backup purse was in the trunk and had at least $40 in it for an emergency. Lonian put $40 worth of gas into her car, then went into the brightly lit station to pay. There was a new woman working at the cash register. Her hair all twirled into a high beehive. As Lonian got closer to pay, she squinted and saw the woman's name badge. It said Tabby. Hi ya hana Tabby squealed. Next time stop by the diner when we're open then cackled wildly. Lonian was shocked and immediately fainted. When she awoke, Lonian found herself behind the counter waiting on customers at Tabby's diner. Moira and Romanda never knew what happened to Lonian until they ventured to the underground diner several months later. The end.